You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast with Sinan Schwarting and Kan Bayazit. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 52 of the Black Eagles podcast. And we've got something special, <laughs> something different today. So Khan, my usual co-host, is out. He is interviewing John Okar, which is news that I think will excite a lot of our loyal listeners who might remember the John Okar episode, where we kind of reviewed the finance of, uh, of Turkey and, of course, Besiktas specifically and, and the, the league. And they're, they've waited for that episode to, to, to record because apparently there's big news coming in regarding uh, the Zirat Bank. And, and I, I, I don't even want to do any spoiling, so I'll leave that to them. But that's where Khan is. But so in his stead, we've brought in a ringer. Uh, Someone who's been on the, co- the podcast before, but in a different uh, capacity, I guess we could say. Who's John? Who's John Ur? One of the twins is with us. What happened? Round of applause. Uh, you'll, hey, what happened? Bro? So how you doing, man? How you doing, with John? How about it, man? I'm great. Happy to be on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, this is your first co-hosting, uh, I don't know what you'd call it run first run as a co-host you uh you feeling good about this <laughs> i'm excited man i'm not gonna like definitely experience it's good to check things yeah happy to be on and on a good day too right we're coming off of uh coming off a well a, a match i don't want to spoil right we always, we have we have a way of uh, bringing it in for those who maybe didn't see the match and want to get the news uh in order but so yeah i I'll cut right to it, and then, you know, we'll talk plenty, of course, with John. Um, but so, yeah, match report. We have just come off a match with Akisar, an away match, which is noteworthy, because Akisar has defeated both Galatasaray and Fener soundly, 3-0 on both occasions. And so coming into this match, this was one of those ones so you'd have circled on the, uh, the calendar as something to look out for. And yeah, I'll cut right in. Uh, we start. The game started out edgy. Akisar probably looked the stronger side. Would you agree with that, Uzjan? Early on. Yeah, I'd say so. I, I, I thought they had the more dangerous chances, definitely. Yeah, and they did put the ball on goal a couple times. Karius was uh, brought into action, but nothing to come of it really. Uh, but then, somewhat against the run of play, Besiktas came in. On the counter, Dorokan Tokuz took a belter of a shot from, boy, I don't know, I'd say 25 meters out? Yeah. Meters? I don't know what the, what's... I would say the box, anyway. Right, well out. Definitely well outside of the box. 28, maybe? Yeah. Uh, it was deep out. Lijic will be credited with the assist for that. 
uh, but it made it 1-0, and, and that's Durakan took, or I should say nil one but uh, that's Durakan took his first goal on the record. Uh, of course, he uh, scored... Quite important. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. yeah, he scored two others that were, were scratched from the record. Anyway, but we'll get into that news. I'll, I'll let you tell that news, perhaps, uh, was John, R.E., the official <laughs> stuff. But um, shortly thereafter, there was a yellow card for Elvis Manu, one for Gary Medell, one for Quaresma, uh, maybe not nothing too shocking in who received them. Uh, we went into the half up, nil one on the road, uh, with that stunner of a goal being the only real moment that separated the two sides, but Akizar may be playing the better football up to that stage. What do you think? Yeah, maybe Urak had a decent chance at the end of the half, but from that, we didn't really have anything. Probably one, two, that's Absolutely, that was a, a nice little setup. And again, that was from Dorakan. I actually thought it was from Ilyayic. Such was the, uh, you know, the quality of the, the, the touch on that pass. You know, I, I assumed it could only be Ilyayic, but in fact, yeah, it was Dorakan. So again, maybe he's staking his claim for that role in the center of the midfield. But I don't know, we'll, we'll have to talk more about that. To the match itself, uh, coming into the second half, Akisar made a substitution taking off Bokila and bringing on Sikalishi, and this would be noteworthy. He'd, he'd proved to be a sort of thorn in Besiktas' side for much of the half. But, despite that, because that wouldn't really come into effect until later on, coming right into the half in the 48th minute, who else but Quaresma sent in a nice lofty cross, which Gokan Gunul latched onto with his head, really? kind of exquisitely and put it into the goal and in a fairly stunning moment that, uh, you know, the game had really just come up back to life, you know, with the start of the half. What did you, did, did you have any uh, comments on the goal, Uzjan? He's not the first guy you'd expect to score a header, but it's actually the second header he scored yeah. this season, if I'm not mistaken. He scored one against Erzurum's. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. He, he's making... Uh, Maybe adding that to his repertoire. I don't know what you'd call that. But yeah, for sure. That was uh, well slotted in. In the 50th minute, John Ayer got a yellow card. Perhaps, you know, finally. He hadn't been having the best of matches all around. Well, I'd like to surprise Ayer again. Like a player you'd expect to see a yellow card. Yeah, exactly. Not a shocker. He's not the most disciplined or uh, level-headed of, of players. And again, he's sort of had a stinker of a match up to that point. He did settle maybe around this point. Perhaps the yellow card settled him. Can do that, I guess. Um, but yeah, in the 64th minute, a perhaps surprising substitution, Barack Yilmaz came out and Kyle Laren came in. The fact that Barack came out wouldn't in and of itself be a shocker, uh, just given that this is his first match, he's out of form, he's yeah. chronically injured, right? You want to keep him healthy and... Um, you know, and he wasn't particularly effective up to that point. But Kyle Aaron coming in was a surprise. But, you know, nonetheless, we'll get yeah. back to that. Um, another yellow card for Akisar, a substitution for Akisar. Helder uh, Barbosa come in for Elvis Manu, one of their um, superfluous foreign players coming in for another one. We'll get into that. In the 76th minute, after a few opportunities that had been squandered, if we're going to be honest, Kyle Laren put in what might 
go down as his nicest goal as a Besiktas player. Uh, to be fair, it was his first goal this season, which is not a good look, given that the second half of the season has just started. But it was a stunner of a goal. He controlled the ball well, slotted it in superbly with a lot of power on it. Uh, great volley. Yeah, it was brilliantly worked by Yates as well, getting yeah. the ball. Return. Fantastic. What did they say? Brilliant cross. Yeah, and his second assist, although the first was maybe coincidental. Um, and then uh, Ozan came into the match in the 70 mid, 79th minute for Adem Lijic. Again, probably a smart move. The midfield had been losing control to that point. One might argue that that sub should have come earlier. 79th minute is pretty late. So Ozan really only had like 10 minutes to have any impact. But anyway, shortly thereafter, two minutes later, uh, Sikalishi smashes in a goal. To be fair, the goal was entirely put together by the assister in Versiavich. I I struggle with that dude's name. Versiavich, whatever. Uh, But yes, really uh, masterfully crafted assist on his part. And Sikalishi just had to tuck it in. 84th minute, Atiba Hutchinson came on for Medell. I think that was the move that probably should have come first as far as uh, the team having lost control of the midfield. Gary Medell became a ghost early on, perhaps as a product of the yellow card. You know, whereas Janair settled into the match and, and played more carefully because of the yellow card, Gary Medell needs that sort of pugnacious, uh, you know, the ability to, to terrorize people in the back. So when, when the yellow card shows up, I think that kind of neuters him to some extent. And that showed. But uh, anyway, Chanel waited till the 84th minute to make that sub. Uh, in the 86th minute, Versiavich, the sister on the, on the previous goal, came out for, is it Umer Ayik? What's, what's his first name, the fellow who came in? Is it? Onur, Onur, not Umer. Sorry. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, that, that was pretty much it. A couple more yellow cards to take the match out. Uh, I'll just, I mean, yeah, it ends 3-1, to one, Besiktas, and I'll just break right into the stats so that we can kind of do a full analysis without too much back and forth. Uh, just, yeah, so that without too, too many breaks in between. But so, yeah, uh, Akisar had 15 shots to Besiktas' 11 Five on target each, so, you know, the result wasn't there for, for Akisar, despite the effort. Possession was actually in Akisar's favor, 53% to 47, which is interesting. I would not have guessed that. They completed more passes, 439 to Bechtash's 411. Their passing accuracy was 82% to Bechtash's 77. That, to me, is stunning. Akisar, statistically, had a very good game. Uh, Besiktas committed 18 fouls to their 12, four yellow cards to their three. So, uh, disciplined, not so much. Uh, six offsides by Akisar to, to Besiktas, two. And as we know, one of their goals was taken back because of an offside. Which we didn't even mention that, but uh, that is the case. Uh, it would have made the match 2-1, to one, in fact. Uh, who was it that scored that? Uh, it was, Ch- was Chico Lishley. Yeah, it was. It was Salginio. Chico Lishley yeah. again. So, man, that guy really uh, impacted the match as soon as it came in. But, so, yeah, he was whistled outside, yeah. so it came to nothing. And that moment is forever forgotten in history. 
never to be recorded statistically again. Apparently, that took us a little while to find uh, to find. We won't you won't know that because of us in post production. But anyway, yeah, that's it. Statistically, uh, eight corners Akisar had to Bechtel just two, and so. I'm actually stunned by the stats. You know, usually the stat flash is something of a, a null point because it, it's fairly clear what happened. You know, the other team had very little of the ball and we were pressing and, you know, it had become somewhat redundant. But this is this is fairly shocking to me because it really does suggest that Akisar played. And, of course, when you're, when you're behind, you're going to have more of the ball. But that, that yeah. doesn't guarantee efficiency. That doesn't guarantee a... a, a successful passing rate to the extent that they had i mean and i wanted to say this even before i saw these stats but i definitely want to mention this now before we dig into the match too much big shout out big credit to akisar you know they really did play well and of course the the, the final scoreline won't reflect that but loris loris carius had four Maybe even five, maybe all five of his saves were pretty big clutch ones on goals that could easily have turned this match in another direction. And I said this in the match report, but the, the first half of the match, despite being up a, up a goal, Bezosash was far from being the better of the two teams. So, you know, it doesn't go without saying. Good luck to Akisar going forward because we're not going to see them again, right? We've reached that stage of the season. Uh, but right. I hope they don't go down to relegation because that, that, that was a, a somewhat impressive side, I must say. And, and bearing in mind their victories over Galatasaray and Fener, what can you say, you know? Yeah, they, are, they are just a, a point above relegation at the moment. Obviously, they've played a, a game more than the teams below them at Erzurum Sport and Fener, was you? Yeah. So, yeah. It's not- they, they could very well go into the relegation zone, but... They are a team known for playing very openly and trying to play good football against no, like no matter against no matter who they're playing. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what like the other Anatolian teams that they kind of put other men behind the ball. They always do try and play good football, and so it, it has worked for them in the past in the big games. Like they've been a a real thorn in Fenerbahce's side, not just this year but last year as well. Yeah, yeah, and and, and three and, nil, right? Three nil victories. Yeah. That's that's not like. Uh... It's nothing to sneeze at. The Super Cup, two one in August, and then they beat them three 0 as well in the league. Mm-hmm. They they do have good ball players like that. Elvis Manor. Yeah, yeah. He's a very he wasn't great today, but he's a very impressive player on his day yeah, for sure. Against especially against our uh, our friend from Istanbul, he was he was very solid in those matches. So yeah, that's exciting. Very exciting. Um, now, I guess maybe it bears mentioning, uh, since you sort of alluded to it yourself by, by talking about Akisar's position at the bottom there, uh, as far as the tables go, Besiktas still sits in sixth, despite having that win and, you know, the, the, the other teams having a match in hand, which doesn't particularly bode well. Uh, Antalya, if they were to win this weekend, would pass us again and we'd find ourselves right back in seventh. But with that said, right now... Galatasaray, Kasim Pasha, Yanni Malatya, and Trabzon all have 29 points alongside Besiktas, who has 29 points. And Basakshi has 35. So if Trabzon beats Basakshi here tomorrow... Uh, they play Sunday. Sunday, ah. Well, so, okay, the day after tomorrow. 
Um, but so if Trabzonspor can beat them, we're still, you know, six points back. I should say, no, we are finally six points back. I had hoped to go into the break only six points back. But uh, that would be huge. And if not, you know, Trabzon is a, is a rival at the stage too. So that's a fun yeah. game to watch either way. I think for us at this point, it's just about just winning our, winning our own games. Other teams are going to drop points eventually. Like the first the first half of the season showed that as well. Yeah, it's a very close league. Any team's capable of, capable of beating any team. We just need to focus on winning our games and the other result. Everything should pan out, but that's the thing. I'll be going to win all games. And a nine point deficit is as bad as that looks. Again, right? Like. One weekend like this, and it's six points, and you can never forget that there's going to be a time this season where Besiktas plays against Besiktas here, and so a victory there brings it to three. You know, everything is alive. Football is is magical in that regard. You know, um, but so it's also a thrilling season in a sense for for the Super League because you have so many teams. The, the announcers today on BN Sports USA. Georgie Metellus and there's another fellow Portuguese maybe I, very good, good announcing today I'll, I'll give a shout out to them as well but uh, they they described it as a bottleneck and I think that's a very appropriate way of describing the Super League right now because there are so many quality sides right at the top trying to hope to squeeze out on, on, on the other end so it'll be interesting to see how that pans out this weekend you know everyone should be if you're not watching the games, at least keeping tabs on the scores on your phone, bound to be interesting. But anyway, let's yeah. let's get into this match, Uzjan. Uh, we've got you here to, to do a little analysis alongside me. What are your thoughts? First and foremost, you know, what stands out? I guess let me let me organize this thing. Um, let's talk about debuts, debutantes. Uh, we have two guys who slotted right into the first team, which is perhaps surprising or a little rare on the part of Chanel Gunesh. But Burak Yilmaz yep. and Nicolas Isimat uh, slid right into that first side. And, and I guess that's probably a good place for us to start. What are your thoughts on their performances? You can pick who you uh, talk about first. I'll start with Mirin. I, th- I thought, to be honest, I thought Mirin slotted in there perfectly. It looked like he'd been He's been playing for us for a while, like the way he played. You wouldn't think he's he's a centre back playing in his first game with a new centre back partner and obviously a whole new defence, new goalkeeper. I like the way to me it looked like it was very calm whenever they got the ball, which is what that's not where we never saw with like say Pepe, mm-hmm. Vida even. They they are they are known for kind of just like the ball at the park whenever they get it and mm-hmm. in trouble, but. It was very kind of calm, cold-bodied. Yeah. He wasn't shy about taking a few touches. He even pulled off some weird skill against a player at some point at the same time. The pass, that, the pass after it wasn't great, but still. It showed that it's confident on the ball, which is, which is a good sign for us. Mm-hmm. Very much. When it comes to Burak, like, Burak wasn't great today. You could tell that the Akisar defence was scared of him, but... Mm-hmm. Like I think he does need time. Like he's not played in a while. He was left outside the squad in Trabzon for I don't know disciplinary reasons. So he he will need a couple of games probably. But I'm sure he will come to his own and 
Scored a good few goals for us in the remainder of the season. Yeah, and I think, look, um, as far as those two performances go, I agree with everything you just said. They ha- you have to you have to look at them in the lens of it being their first performances, their debuts for a side. As far as you said, as far as Isimant goes, that's almost a that's a wonder start. You can't you can't ask for more. It's you know, the fact that you can describe it as if it's someone who looked like he uh, slid like you know seamlessly fit in without you know who had it was hard to believe it was his first appearance with that back line especially considering how important communication is on the back line and all of that i can't i can't agree more yeah i mean that that's an ideal first match for any player uh and so for barack yomaz to maybe not have the perfect debut that's it's just somewhat to be expected and and on another on the other hand i guess you could say that he did play very well positionally you know positionally he was making runs that were you said that that had they looked scared, and they looked scared because because he was you know putting weight on their back line. Uh, you, you know you could tell there was some miscommunication as far as like Liayich and he weren't connecting very well. You know Burak had a few bad touches. He's never been like technically the best player anyway. That's not what he's there for. Um, yeah. So you just have to wait for the connection to you know solidify between he and uh, you know some of those guys in the midfield. Particularly, I'm I'm anticipating, while you have a guy like Quaresma or, or Janair even, you know, who can really lob in those crosses, you know, on a, on a dime, you, you, you'd hope that they would make a connection with Burak because that's, I think that really matches his strengths as a player, you know, in attack. <laughs> would you agree with that? I think... Burak's most well known for kind of his runs off the, the defensive shoulder. Mm-hmm. So you'd also be looking for your lights, your well, of course, and if he's playing, yeah, Doruk can play a good through balls to him. Like you, you saw like that bit of play between Burak and Dorukan was beautiful. Just if he could finish it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that surprised me even to some extent because I, I, I anticipated. Uh, I mean, Dorokan, who who knew? You know, I, I don't. I, you never know what to expect from this kid. He just it seems to be getting better every match we see him. But as far as uh, Lijic, I assumed that a guy like Barak wouldn't necessarily play to his strengths, and so he would be kind of more in that Ozan role from a couple of years ago, where he sits back maybe a little more and distributes to the wings and gets them you know, in positions to get the ball into Barak, you know, by cutting in or crossing it in, whatever it would be. But anyway, whatever whatever the result is, I'm, uh, you know, I mean, everyone knows I'm not a huge Barak fan, but at the end of the day right now, he's our striker, and so you want whoever's there to score. So let's hope for the best. And, uh, you know, even though he didn't score today, let's not let's not throw him under the bus by any stretch. I think, yeah. He he showed some promise. He definitely showed some ability to, to weigh on the back line, and I think it's only a matter of time before he connects with with the guys in the midfield. We'll play next week. That that is an interesting encounter coming ahead as well. Before we go there, though, let's talk about some other aspects of this match. Now, in your opinion, who is your highlight and who is your low light? You know, who do you who do you give your man of the match to today? That's a hard question. I say highlight. 
I, th- I have to go with Dorokan now. Yeah. I'm, I'm spoiling him, him and Yage. Gokan played a very good game as well. Yeah. But I'll go with Dorokan for it. was a beautiful goal. He was very tenacious as always. That, that, that's the thing about it. It might not always... It does play good passes as well, but he always runs... You always see him running forward. He's always pressing forward. He's always making runs. Like, see when you watch Olsen? Yeah. A lot of time, he kind of just waits. Mm-hmm. Like in front of the, like I think that's one of his biggest problems. Like, Olsen's an effective player when he gets the ball out, just outside the penalty box where he can play a through ball to someone. Mm-hmm. Not not many, not many sitting like just in front of the the defence, which is what you see him do quite a lot. For sure. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And, and another feature that I really noticed today in Dorokan's game is how much energy he brings back you know he he doesn't always position himself to be in a, in a great defensive place but he'll always come back with so much energy and just like you know he, he kind of flies out of nowhere he's always flying around um you know getting making contact with the ball maybe not the perfect contact but like not like Nedjip either where where it becomes counterproductive sometimes you know he he's really uh he brings a pace and energy and, and purpose on offense and defense that it's uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to see this kid blossom before our eyes. And I, I would agree also. He had to, he would have to be my highlight. Uh, if I have to give it to someone else as well, Gokhan also, yeah, especially given the, the struggles that Janair had uh, early on in, in, in particular. Gokhan Guno filled in well and was solid on the back line, and of course that goal was was sweet. Uh, and of course, yeah, what, what's nice about that goal, as you mentioned earlier, is that it, it is maybe becoming a feature of his game. You know, it's not the first time he's done it. So that's very exciting. That's that's fun to, to see as well. But I actually don't think I would give him my highlight if I had to pick someone else. I think I might give it to Loris Karius. Uh, and just because, as we said, also already um you know that it's we're at a point where we can we've seen on so many occasions those goals come back and hit us in the butt when we think we've got something going and i i mentioned this to you pre-episode but i'll say it again i noticed in our group chat that people were Almost Im- immediately, because of the nature of Dorokan's goal, they were already writing this thing up as a win. And I'm, I was thinking, you know, watching Akizar play a fairly dominant brand of football, guys, like, you're writing this team off way too soon. I didn't say anything because I almost, you know, I don't want to start a, a conflict for no reason. But, you know, I felt, I felt that people were, were really writing, chalking this thing up as a W way too fast. And then even after the second goal, I thought people were getting a little, because, you know, that one goal, you hit you on that one goal on the counter, it's two to one, and suddenly you're scrambling to get back. You know, we've seen it so many times. Uh, so really big shout out to Loris Karius for keeping keeping us in this thing long enough so that we could really put our, our brand on the match and, and uh, feel a little comfortable for a change. Uh, even even when they scored that last one, we were already up 3-1 to one at that point, so we, we could kind of relax and enjoy this for a change, which was nice. Um, but now I'll ask you the harder question, perhaps. Who do you give the low light? Uh, I think the easiest one is Janice. Yeah. 
It's just yeah. he always does it. You see the ball come out to the left wing. He never goes to contest the cross. He always just kind of keeps like walking back the way. He always like kind of backs off. You know, it's kind of like in basketball. Mm-hmm. Like someone not going out to a three point shooter. If you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. Kind of always like kind of always like sags off. Yeah, we have a few of those on the Knicks. That's a common. <laughs> that's a common theme is letting three point shooters get hot by just like sitting back on the three point line. Yes, yes, I'm very familiar. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. And. And the problem that John Air yep. does is on, with crosses, too, he does that, and he lets them put these pinpoint crosses in often. He does it every game, but I definitely say that they were all very dangerous from their right or left side today. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we, we all know that John Air's not the best of defenders. He's, not, he's, he's a left back more known for his attacking play with his pinpoint crosses. Yeah. But I say it, it, was, it was very, it was out there to see today. His weakness in defence, to be honest, and they didn't have the greatest games, greatest of games defensively either. Yeah. So that kind of highlights it more. Yeah, I, you've again stolen my thunder. I would have to agree hundred <laughs> percent. I would, I, you know, in a vacuum, I would have picked both your high and low points. Um, and I, I, I would have to agree as well. I think he did settle in, perhaps when it became more clear that he would he like he had to commit to playing defensively like what one of the things he often does is uh he gets caught playing up front and that happened early on in the game once we were up three nail or whatever and it was like yo stay back and stop fooling around maybe that helped but even still he's always iffy and like you're right yeah he sits back on the three-point line uh on shots too you know he he, uh yeah troublesome yeah I think that one you're talking about is okay. I think he was getting on at Lens for not dropping back yeah, on. Yeah. Like we lost the ball. I think we were going up. Yeah, I remember that. Position. And Lens did come back, but then he just very lazily defended and yeah, that was honestly surprising surprising from Lens because typically the you don't find Lens like wanting for effort so much, but he just almost looked like he got tired of defending them. Anyway, um let's let me try to put together my low light since you picked the obvious one in general. I think I might actually have to go with Medell. Uh, Gary Medell for me was okay early on. And I think, uh, you know, he's the type of player who, when, when, you, when he gets a yellow card, you know, what he's often bringing you is that pugnacious, uh, like kind of almost angry defend, the defending in the back. And when he has a yellow card, obviously it kind of neuters him to the extent that he can't fly around like he likes to. And so perhaps that could maybe, uh, you know, give him a cover. But, I, you know, it's never good when someone in the center of your midfield is, is ghosting. It can really hurt the team. And I think when Besiktas lost control of the midfield in the second half, that had a big role to play. And so I was surprised that Chanel Gunesh's first sub was Burak Yilmaz. Again, I get it because of just he wasn't having the best of games and he's not the, the fittest of individuals or the, the most informed. But at that point, I felt already the midfield was already flagging. Uh, perhaps maybe you make a second sub with the Burak sub if that's the move you want to make. Um, and I was also surprised that he took... Lyayachov first rather than 
Medell because Medell for me seemed to be really yeah. at the fulcrum there and you know you can't have a guy like that not being involved and especially in in that role with this team in particular it's it's Atiba could have really I think solidified you know I, there would have been less of a scramble at the end I have a feeling if, if Atiba had been in there earlier but that's it yeah I couldn't, I couldn't agree more so it's not good today you find nothing Nadella he is very tenacious and puts a lot of effort in but he's, he's just not great at defending when it comes to like defending an area yeah I mean maybe it's not maybe it's past his uh, capacity you know given he's not getting any younger to uh, to play in that role in the midfield you know <laughs> he doesn't quite have a whatever it is that's needed the energy of the pace or you know whatever it is the passion i don't want to say that because i you know he's a very passionate guy but eh, it's not working at that in that role i i, I like him better so i'll back personally you know one of the the most interesting things i've i've mentioned this briefly on an episode in con i don't i don't think he uh he wasn't buying it but i think that Gary Medell's best match this season was as a left back, and he was a sh- sort of fill-in because we had a bunch of injuries at one point. Uh, and he he actually surprised me with his ability to to fill in that role. He of course didn't didn't bring a lot in in, in terms of bringing the ball forward and crossing, but we are we typically have enough guys on the wing who can do that already. Um, you know, it was interesting. Anyway, I think that was against Kaiser Sport. He played left back. Yeah, I think I think that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that play well, not you. But anyway, let's. I, I mean, I, I don't think there's a lot more to say about this match. You know, round of applause to the new guys who slotted in well and contributed to the to the three points. Round of applause to the guys we gave you know credit to, and and you know what? Round of applause to the guys who we gave low lights to. Any also because at the end of the day, they're for their players of touch and. Uh, we need everyone to be in, in as high morale as possible. Oh, one side note. And I, we only sort of briefly glanced over it. Kyle Laren. I I want to give an honorary mention as a highlight to my man Kyle from North America over here. He has been a pile of dog shit. You know, I'm going to have to pull out the bleeps here, I think. But to be perfectly honest, that's just what it is. He's been terrible thus far, and he put away his first goal of the season. So congratulations to him, and it was a beautiful goal. We did mention that. Uh, and in general, he showed energy and verve. I, you know, he had a couple goals against Afyonspor in, in a friendly, and I thought, ah, whatever, that's Afyonspor. But, you know, and I think he'd scored in a previous friendly as well. But, you know, maybe he's, uh, maybe he needed Burak Yilmaz to come in and... and pressure on his role with the team what do you think was Jenna uh, any comments on Kyle Larens that stunning performance it, 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 it was a great game but he missed an absolute set before it as well he really did yeah that was a terrible miss <laughs> he skied it, it, in his defense it took a little weird bounce right before it got to him that, that, that the slow-mo high, highlight showed but come on buddy you gotta gotta put those away yeah. It was quite quite Edna played that in a light light and light kinda just played it back to Laren. I don't I don't know how how he missed it. I th- luckily for him, I was watching the highlights. 
just to kind of recap and I noticed that they, they didn't put that in the highlights so I think he'll be quite happy about yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. To be and he did also, he had an offside goal that was taken away too. He was clearly offside on. Um, one last thing, and I'm surprised we forgot to mention this already. This game may not have counted. Uh, and of course, you know, don't panic, listeners. It, it counted in, in terms of the, the scoreline, or I should say it counted in terms of the result. Besiktas is definitely getting three points. But Akisar fielded, they didn't field, they brought, you know, in their, in their full roster with the bench players included, 13 foreign players when in fact the rule stipulates you can only bring 12 Uzjan, let me. I, I I promised pre-episode that I'd let you report this. What, why don't you tell people what this means and what it signifies? Well, but it's, it's what you call in Turkish a kural basically they, they forfeit the game. Is that a mistake that leads to the game being forfeited? Yeah. Normally, so that would mean that we'd win the game three 0 But I'm needing kind of mixed reviews. The uh, the presenter on Bind Sports said that if that was to happen, the stats wouldn't stay. So, like, say, Dorokan's game, like, goal, for example, would get knocked off. So that'd be, like, I get the third time or something that he's had a goal <laughs> this in the last three games. Yeah, that gets booted. And Kyle Lahren's first goal of the year, too. Yeah, and, but then, I, then, then for that good I wrote on Twitter that it would count, so uh, I'm not sure. But they also said in Bind Sports that it would only happen if Besik Dash like made a formal complaint about it. Like it's not the PF Besik yeah. Dash would need to complain first. Yeah. Personally. So I, I wanted to weigh in on this that uh in fact the last I saw was someone with Akisar came out and has already said it's true, we screwed up. If Besiktas complains then the the result will be erased and it will be a three nil forfeit. But so the the operative clause there for me was if Besiktas complains, Besiktas could just say, you know what, we're fine with this. They might honestly do that for the sake of Dorgan. <laughs> imagine Besiktas do that, and then we we lose the title by minus one goal difference. I was just thinking that. Tactically, you know, in a vacuum, that that's not the move, you know. But what Firat Gunayer was arguing was that, in a similar scenario where where Galatasaray was given a forfeit victory, Drogba had scored twice, and he was given those goals regardless. Yeah. Is that correct. So perhaps there's a scenario where we get the three nil, you know, forfeit result and our guys get their goals, which I really genuinely hope they do. Especially, uh, you know, Gokhan Gunil, great. You know, he's a great header, but the dude's old. He's fine. He doesn't need stats at this stage in his career. For sure, I think Dorokan needs that goal because he, he, he's earned three, all three of his. And uh, Kyle Lahren, too, honestly. I, I think if the kid has any hope of turning it around, it's, you know, that's where it starts, right? It starts by having a nice goal and maybe putting it together with another one in the next match, right? So, um, you can you can see with Laren that just the ball going in the back of the net. Like, see, like the one he scored that was disallowed for offside. But it was clearly offside, but you could just see him smile after it. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I think 
for him just the the net wrestling is enough to kind of put a smile on his face and make him feel better about himself. Yeah, like, I, I sure can... hope so. He's got the size, you know, the athleticism, of course. That's like the whole thing in North America. But, you know, if, if he could put together those pieces. I, and I'll say this again. Like, if Barack Yilmaz is truly older and more mature and more suited to this squad, uh, to the ethos of our team even, uh, he could theoretically be a perfect mentor for Kyle Laren because they both have that same frame. And he has just the skills that a guy like Laren would, would hope to add yeah. to his skill base. No, the only real difference is Burak's a bit fa- like faster. Well, yeah. Remember that nice goal at the end of last season where he, he took it up the wing? I think he has a little pace. He might surprise you. Uh, but anyway, let's, uh, let's, let's keep moving. Um, briefly, let's mention what's happening next week in the Super League because, of course, that's fairly important. First of all, this week, as I have already alluded to, um, Bashak Shahir is playing Trabzonspor on Sunday, 11 a.m. here in New York City. So that's going to be like, uh, I don't even know, 7, 7 p.m. In, in Istanbul? Or sorry, is it in Istanbul? Yeah, 7 p.m. in Turkey, I think. So yeah. uh, what that means for you, John, is that like a 5 p.m.? If it's, seven in, if it's seven in Istanbul, it'll be four here. Because it's a three-hour gap. Yeah. The winner. So yeah, you're about uh, five hours after us. That's interesting. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's going to be a, a real important match for the league all around. Galatasaray has Ankara Guju also this weekend. That's another maybe notable match. I won't even really mention Fener. They're playing Bursa, but whatever. There's, that doesn't even bother us. Um, <laughs> next week... Besiktas has Erzurumspor, or, you know, Buyukshehir Belediye Erzurumspor, if you're being technical about it. 12.30 p.m. match time here, just like, just afternoon, you know, brunch, the brunch match for us New Yorkers. That's uh, 8.30 p.m. in Istanbul, or in Turkey, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think we're actually home for that one, in Istanbul. In Vodafone Park, even, if you will. Uh, and for you, Uzjan, that means it's going to be 5.30. Half five, half five, That's a yeah. nice one. Right before, di- right before dinner, you could have a beer or two. Enjoy the match. I, I'm ready to work. Hopefully, I'll get it swapped. But... Oh, that's a problem for you. But so, yeah, that's, that's of course, the big match next week. Uh, as another big one next week is Bashakshi here playing Kasim Pasha at home next Monday. So in these next couple of weeks, Bashakshi here could drop points or at the very yeah. least other guys who are vying for that spot that we're vying for will also drop points. So, you know, good things can happen as long as we stick to the grind and pull out some victories. Erzurum sport should be a very, 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 very winnable match for us. They are at the near, at the very bottom of the table, uh, right above Fener, in that third relegation zone, uh, 16 points. So there's no excuses for us. Uh, Did that give us a game in now we fix trouble? If you remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got it out of their system. Now we got it. We have we have business to attend to at home after after a nice win this week. I expect nothing but three points. And no one else should <laughs> expect otherwise. 
uh, you know, and it'll be interesting. I, I, I hope Burak Yilmaz can can break the duck uh, and and start to smash him in for us. You have anything to say about next week, Ozan? I think that's uh, kind of most, one of the most interesting parts about next week. It will be interesting to see the home reaction to Burak. I just I hope they don't do him. I, I really hope they don't do him. Me too. I don't like the guy as a human being, but he's a best judge player now. And at the end of the day, if you're going to the stadium and spending money to support Besiktas, that means doing the best you can to help the team win. If you are impacting the morale of Besiktas in a negative way, you have no business at the stadium. Like, yeah. Especially the character of Burak is as well. He's the type of guy that will just kind of turn around and go f*** you. Yeah, he very well could. That's just the way. As you saw, he had Trabs on sports. He had a bit of an altercation with fans early in the season, and I thought that's why he actually got left out of the squad. When he was getting booed or whatever, and he, he kind of gestured some stuff towards it. Like, I think there was some things said as well. And that's where it resulted in him getting left out of the squad. So, we don't, yeah. you don't need, look, if anyone that's going to go to that game, listen to this, you don't need to share the guy. Just don't bother boo him, man. Exactly, exactly. If you have nothing. Ne- Anyone who has a parent has probably heard the phrase, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> and that always applies to our players on Vashik that Don't affect morale negatively. And this applies to the guys who were booing Ozan last season individually while mysteriously cheering Quaresma and Chanel Gunesh like, in their worst <laughs> stretch with the team. Come on, guys, get it together. Stop affecting morale negatively. You're spending money to help the team win. Don't be, you know, don't be counterproductive. I, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it at that. I'm not gonna resort to to curses or insults, but don't be counterproductive. On that note, uh, I'm, I'm gonna. I guess I'm taking us out this week. No con. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'll spell it out since we rarely do it these days. At Eagles underscore podcast. Follow me at sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Ozjan, give me your at. Give me your Twitter handle. I'll just plug myself here then. You can follow me on Twitter at ozjanv98. Spell it out for the the layman. You can follow me on Twitter. So it's O-Z-C-A-N-B-E-Y-98. You got it? Yeah, good. (laughs) <laughs> Perfect. You so you heard the man. Follow him on Twitter, Ozjan Bay98. And of course, follow Beshtash International at Beshtash underscore INT. And of course, follow Khan, the uh, you know, prodigal son of the podcast, if you will, at R-A-Z-Z-E-R-I-A-N. Razarian. And stay tuned, as always. Next week, we've got a very fun episode coming midweek with John O'Carr. We're going over the sort of semi-annual financial report, talking about big news in the Super League financially. And so, of course, we've got our expert in. Uh, His episode did good numbers the last time around because he's a real thorough, solid expert on the matter. So I hope you guys are ready for that. And then, of course, uh, next weekend, we'll be back with the usual match review. With the usual match review. uh, Jesus Christ. With the usual match review of the match against Erzurumspor. 
ends up being quite a tongue twister. Blech, tongue twister. Jeez. Anyway, we've made it through this episode just barely. Uzjan, why don't you drop my usual line? Go, Besiktas. Yeah, there it is. Go, Besiktas. Oh, man. Three points, guys. Three points against Arsenal. Nothing less. Nothing less will be expected. Uzjan, it was a pleasure having you. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm going to play Joe Beater. Well, you'll have to uh, keep checking in as our substitute teacher. Whenever it comes out. Did I get to watch the game, sir? Yeah, exactly. I'm glad okay. you got to watch. Congrats. <laughs> uh, I'll, see, I'll talk to you later, man. I'm going to check out. i got to go after the dinner. Thanks, you, bro. Bye. Hey everyone, Khan here. Not uh, on this episode, of course, because I'm uh, pre- otherwise preoccupied, but I uh, just wanted to give my two cents. Thought it was a great game. Um, saw a lot of positives today. Uh, still plenty to work on. Um, but what I really liked, uh, especially in the first half, is uh, the amount of movements we had up front. Um, I, I don't think Burak had a, had a great game. Uh, had a lot of poor touches and, and some poor passes i think um you could see i think that he isn't 100 percent match fit yet because he hasn't played for two months or more um but he was weighing on the defense he was making a lot of runs he was creating movement but not just him uh quaresma was moving around a lot which i was surprised by obviously lens was moving around uh Leich was moving around a lot there was just a lot of movement up front and i think that really uh helped um burak Despite the fact that he wasn't uh, having a great game, he weighed a lot on the defense. You could see that they were very wary of him, which simply allowed our other players more space, as I already said. Uh, great goal by Dorokhan. What a smashing goal, really. Uh, he's been, I think, our number one bright spot of the season. Um, if he continues like this, there's absolutely no argument for that. Um Leitch getting two assists, uh, of course the first one was an accident, so, so to speak, I mean, he he gave the ball to Dorokan and who can predict that he's going to smash it in from, what is it, 27, 28 meters or something like that, uh, so it, it counts as an assist statistically, but obviously that's not really much of an assist, but then he gets an assist in the second half on Laren. Um, after having having already set up a couple of good attacks, I thought Lens was really good, uh, especially in the second half when he switched to the right wing. Um, did fine on the left, but obviously better on the right. Um, yeah, Vida was strong. I think Isimat made a very good first appearance. Uh, didn't look like he had any adjustment uh, issues. Uh, Karius was good too. Uh, Gukhan was good. Um, I think the team as a whole played well, but one of the things I didn't like as much is still our problem in midfield, controlling the game. Uh, Medell uh, took a yellow early and, I don't know, just doesn't feel like he fits there in that midfield. Um, 
not enough control in that midfield. We really need a replacement for Atiba this summer. We need a new Atiba, a new engine for that midfield. Dorokan covers a lot of ground, goes box to box a lot, but he's not that type of player. Um, and otherwise, uh, yeah, happy to see Laren get on the score sheet. Uh, actually, I thought he was good coming off the bench. And um, before he came on, I was really disillusioned because I wanted Guven to come on instead. Uh, for Burak, I completely understand Burak getting taken off at the hour mark. I think that's the only right decision for the coach. We were 2-0 up. The guy hasn't played in a long time. Uh, don't overdo it with him. You know, he's already kind of injury prone, so you don't want to put too much strains, strain on, on those muscles and, and all that. Um, but Laren, to his credit, did a good uh, performance, had a good goal. Um and then, yeah, the only other thing I have to say is that Akisar was great too. I think they definitely went out there and, and from the first to the last minutes, they gave it their all. I think this was an amazing game for the neutral. I'm sure that whoever watched this and does not support either team enjoyed this game. And then last but not least, uh, whether we would have won, draw of, or lost today, it seems that we would have gotten three points anyway because Akisar were so... Stupid. That's just the way to say it. To put 13 foreigners on the, on 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 the sheet, and you only allow 12. So this will probably get converted to a 3-0 win instead of a 3-1. But all in all, just a good performance, and I hope we can build on this. And uh, now we just have to hope that uh, Bashakshir drop points this weekend against Trabzonspor, uh, lose preferably, uh, because the question was asked: uh, Should we? prefer Trabzon to win or, 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 or Basakshir because Trabzon are competition for second place. But I think we always have to, at this stage of the, the, the competition, you have to hope for Basakshir to slip up because the longer you keep hope alive, the, the longer uh, your team is going to go uh, 100%. And that's really it. Uh, enjoyed the game and that's the first game this season uh, that I can... Well, not the first game, but... One of a very few games this season where I can say I totally enjoyed that. And it's a great start to 2019, so let's hope uh, we keep going. Go Besiktas! Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.